0: please come to the principal's office. Welcome back and thank you for listening to the Please Come to the Principal's Office podcast. It's been a while since uh, I've been able to do a recording, but I'm very excited to get back into the habit and the practice of um, podcasting thoughts about the state of education, the state of education at Lincoln School and in Costa Rica. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to actually record an audio version of a blog post uh, that I just published this morning. So this is uh, this is about the story of the four monkeys. Uh, it's a story that that I that I know that I heard a while uh, a while ago, a few years ago, uh, and have heard repeatedly since. And it's a story which is completely fabricated. It's not true, uh, and yet still is in many ways. So once upon a time, there was a research scientist who was performing an experiment to better understand culture. The scientist was using four monkeys in his experiment, which, by the way, I'm completely not endorsing here. But still, it's how the story goes. So anyway, the scientist was using four monkeys in his experiment uh, who were living in an enclosure. And for the sake of the experiment, the scientist placed a six-foot ladder in the middle of the enclosure and then placed a banana on the top step. The monkeys, seeing the banana, jostled for a moment over who would climb the ladder to claim it before one of them started up the steps. Immediately, the scientist and his assistant sprayed all four monkeys with water from a large hose, sending the monkeys scattering to the far sides of the cage to hide. A little time passed, and the monkeys emerged from the corners. One of the monkeys, remembering the banana on the top of the ladder, made her way over and began to climb. Again, the scientist and his assistant sprayed all four monkeys with the hose again scattering them to the far corners of their cage now this scene repeated itself over and over again several times over several days until the monkeys became skittish of the ladder and the banana and none of them attempted again to retrieve it the scientist then removed one of the monkeys and replaced her with a new monkey from a different cage soon the new monkey noticed the banana and began to climb the ladder. Immediately, the other three monkeys set upon the new member of the group and pulled her down from the ladder. When she resisted and again attempted to climb, the others became more violent until finally she gave up and retreated, leaving the banana at the top, untouched. This process repeated itself over and over again for several days until finally, the scientist had replaced all of the original monkeys with new monkeys. Each time, the new monkey would see the banana and attempt the climb. And each time, the other three monkeys would become violent, pulling the climber from the ladder or worse. In the end, the banana remained uneaten, ignored by the four monkeys in the cage, none of whom had ever been sprayed by the scientist with the hose sound familiar? Most of us have joined a new group at some point in our lives, whether it was as a child or as an adult, in school or work, or in a new social circle. It's never easy. And it always includes learning not just the names and faces, but also the group norms, what the group likes and doesn't like, what it accepts or avoids. In doing so, Many of us have heard at some point how things are done and how they're not, and often this is without any explanation. When we asked, we may have even heard the actual words because that's how it's always been done, or at least something close. As an educational leader, I try to remember to approach issues and decisions with a beginner's mind and to ask why when examining our collective practice why do we deduct a certain number of points or percentage of points when students turn in their work late what are we trying to accomplish and what are we aligning our practices to to our values why do we require teachers to fill out certain checklists what legal rule are we trying to comply with and does that rule actually even exist anymore Why don't we include students and parents in our decision-making? How can we do so effectively? And what effect would that have on our culture? These are three somewhat ambiguous, but real examples of changes we've made at Lincoln School in the past few years, after we questioned our cultural assumptions and found that we were making decisions based on sometimes outdated and sometimes erroneous ideas. Asking why when examining cultural norms or practices does take more time and it needs to be done respectfully. Often, when questioning why past decisions are made, we find ourselves in the company of those who were there and contributed to that decision. Even if someone didn't contribute to the decision originally, they may have lived by and even enforced that decision for years, sometimes many years. To someone who's lived said decision, undoing it could feel like a negative judgment about them personally. For this reason, it's important to explain changes to policy or procedure in relation to the organizational why, and to explain that organizational change, why some, while sometimes difficult, is a natural and beneficial process. Conversely, asking why and changing culture also requires that we do our homework we recently had a conversation here as a leadership team about chesterton's fence fallacy and the importance of investigating why a policy or procedure exists before eliminating it to avoid undoing unnecessary protections for example at lincoln school we're accredited by the Costa Rican Ministry of Education, by the International Baccalaureate Organization, and by Cognia Education. We offer three different high school diplomas, and some of our students, many of our students, earn all three. There are many, many policies enforced by all of those organizations, and no one's memorized all of them. Occasionally, They even seem to conflict, and it's important that we research the policies of each organization to ensure that our students have met the requirements needed to earn the high school diploma of their choice, or again, in many cases, all three. So due diligence is fundamental in effective decision-making of complex organizations like Lincoln School, and the difficulty of doing that work does not negate the need to do it. In the end, Asking ourselves and each other why we do things the way that we do can be a difficult process of collective introspection. It's an important process, though, and it's one we must all engage in together constantly, lest we end up as the monkeys in the story, collectively hangry while watching a perfectly good banana go bad. So that's the podcast for today. I I hope you enjoyed the story. I hope that it has some relevance for you in in your life, and it makes sense in terms of its relevance to our work here at Lincoln School, specifically in the high school, as we examine policies, procedures, and practices to make the best decisions we can to support our students and their families uh, in earning their education. I hope everybody has a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.